Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me tonight, Sir Michael. Hello. And myself, Timothy. Hello. We're a book club for games. And today we are. Today we're going to talk about... Call of Duty Warzone. never thought this ep would ever happen i never thought we'd ever talk about call of duty game ever as a book club game yeah this surprises me too actually (laughs) you've let yourself down mike i i remember you persuaded me to buy call of duty advanced warfare was it i think so and I was just so unimpressed by that game. I think you actually apologised to me for convincing me to buy it. Yeah, I'm sorry about that still. Well, I think it was a combination of the game being kind of meh and also trying to play an FPS on console, which I am not really good at. Unless it's Destiny. But yeah, Call of Duty Warzone... The free Battle Royale mode connected to Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the 2019 Modern Warfare, which I mocked you for playing so much last year. And now I've got super into it and probably played 10 times as much as you. Can we still call you a game snob at this point? I mean, I can be a Battle Royale snob. I don't know. I do really like Battle Royale games. Surely if you're a Battle Royale snob, then you can play almost any game except for Warzone and Fortnite and Apex. No, th- and those PUBG. games are... You, the- have to play, you have to play the inverse of those games. You know, the ones that no one's playing. <laughs> There's a reason everyone's playing these games, because they are the best BRs out at the moment. Like, they're really good. Fine. I thought you should say things like they're catering to the lowest common denominator. Therefore, they're trash. <laughs> no, the the lowest common denominator is really fun, it turns out. It's amazing. I mean, it is funny, right? Because it's not just a matter of the Call of Duty devs know how to write fun FPS multiplayer and thus can write an amazing BR. Because I did play Blackout, which was the Black Ops 4 Battle Royale mode. And I did not enjoy that at all. But this is a completely different beast. Can you put your finger on why? I just, I think this game just feels fun. I mean, it it could just be that not being a Call of Duty connoisseur, I don't really appreciate the differences between Black Ops and the other games. Because I think you've said Black Ops is a bit different, right? Yeah, I feel Modern Warfare is purer in its sort of military, its aspirations to be a military shooter. No, oh, but I, I really don't think so. <laughs> like, I really... Okay, obviously, this, okay, fine. Okay, there let's are be honest like, here, right? <laughs> <laughs> this game, this game is Fortnite with a military skin, right? Like, this is not a highbrow game at all. This game is very much Fortnite with military trappings. Okay, military stylings then, sorry. You know, it can act like it's all like cool and edgy and it's got real guns and whatever, but everything is a laser and ridiculous things happen like, well, you can parachute and pop out your parachute and cut your parachute and pop it out again. It's just like the umbrella in Fortnite, right? Like this is not a gritty, realistic military shooter. This is an arcade game. Yes. 
but it's amazing fun. So, should we quickly run through what this game is exactly and the innovations it's brought to the BR formula? Yes, quickly. So, it's a 150-player Battle Royale mode attached to 2019's Call of Duty Modern Warfare. It is free-to-play, but it shares unlocks. So, you can download just Warzone, even if you haven't bought Modern Warfare and play just Warzone. But if you own the paid version of Modern Warfare, then you can also play the regular multiplayer modes and all of the unlocks and battle pass and everything, you know, all of their XP counts. And it's hard to believe, but this game came out only six months ago. So March 10th, 2020. And in terms of the innovations, well, I mentioned the 150 players, so I think that's one of the largest BRs out there at the moment. You start with a pistol, so you never have that frustrating moment of you land and you're trying to punch someone who's managed to pick up a shotgun or something. You know, you've you've always got a means of defending yourself. And if you're good, if the person picks up, you know, an SMG or something, well, you can still just headshot them with your pistol and win that engagement. You know, you're never defenseless if you're really that good. And then a really significant innovation is the gulag. So the first time you go out the game, you get a chance to bring yourself back in. Everyone who gets knocked out of the game gets to have one time a 1v1 fight against another player who's been knocked out. And to begin with, those fights were always with pistols. And then as the seasons have progressed, they just give you random weapons now. Like sometimes you'll have an LMG, sometimes you'll have an assault rifle. Or oh, sniper. Sometimes you'll have a sniper, which is hilarious because the Gulag fight literally takes place in like the shower area of this prison. So you, you've got like 20 meters between you and you've got like an eight times sniper scope on it. But, you know, you have to deal with it, whatever weapon you've been given. I mean, your opponent will have the same weapon, so it's fair. And whichever one of you wins gets sent back to the battle zone. There are contracts. So there are little submissions you can sign up for, which pay out money. And they can be quite varied. So there are, there are ones focused around looting. So you just have to go and loot a particular box and it gives you lots of money and good equipment. There are ones focused around reconnaissance. So kind of like Pathfinder in Apex, it shows you where the next circle is going to be. And there are ones for people who want to play very aggressively. So it's a bounty mission. It will show you the location of another player and you have to kill that player. And then cash. So, you know, the contracts, when you complete them, they give you money and you can spend that money at shops. And then the shops, the shops are very clever, actually, because there's a selection of kill streaks from the multiplayer, but they work well. So, you can, you know, there's a UAV, there's a cluster strike, there's a precision strike. So gives you some flexibility or it lets you flush people out of cover or know where people might be hiding. You can also buy back your teammates. So even if your teammate loses their gulag fight, you can just spend money to get them back. So if you're playing in duos or trios or quads, you know, your teammates never feel like they're really out of the game because they could get bought back at any time. I guess another cool thing that's just very incidental, that you can actually totally ignore it if you don't want it, are the secret missions. So there are hidden bunkers that you can open with a particular code or keycard, and they contain high-quality loot. But you know you can completely ignore that aspect of the game if you want. I think it could potentially be quite rewarding. I guess it's reminiscent of like the secrets in the zombies mode for Black Ops. Yeah. Like if you and your squad want to go and try and get into the secret room in the stadium, you can try and find the right key cards and then decrypt the combination to the booth and type it in and, and whatever. So it's cool. I don't know. I guess you can see like the cross-pollination and evolution of BRs in general. Because, you know, the first really big BR was PUBG. And that itself tried to be a realistic sort of military shooter 
and the guns have very significant recoil there's quite a high skill ceiling a lot of it is about hiding as well in PUBG because you know if you crouch in a bush it's actually really difficult to spot you and then you know since PUBG I think PUBG's star has kind of waned a bit and Apex, Fortnite and now Warzone are where it's at. And you can see how those games have influenced each other. Fortnite was the first free-to-play one, but a lot of people didn't like the third person and the building aspect of it. And then Apex has come in as a, well, I mean, it's not very serious, but it it is more like grown up, I guess, you know, you're not flossing, you don't have sparkly meteor hammers, you know, you do have like guns and they introduced this concept of recovering your teammates banner and buying them back at a respawn beacon, which Fortnite then itself adopted with its reboot cards. And now, yeah, I feel Warzone is, is an evolution of the formula again. You know, if anything, it's, it's as arcadey as Fortnite, but it has that grown-up feel. And it's it's learned from the good innovations of those games that have come since PUBG. I think that's a good assessment. Let's talk about our history with the COD franchise. So COD goes back a long way before even Modern Warfare. So there were Call of Duty 1, 2, and 3 on PC. Actually, I don't think 3 even came out on PC. I think it just came out on Xbox. So I, I've already I've always played the, the COD games with the campaign. I've never played it for the multiplayer. And even with Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the first one, I didn't play that much multiplayer i never got past level 10 i'm sure and beyond that it's actually easier for me to say which games from the cod franchise i didn't play rather than the ones i did play i didn't play infinite warfare or blops 2 black ops 2 sorry we can say blops 2 we can adopt that abbreviation okay so for me i'm aware that the single player campaigns for call of duty are meant to be really good but i have never played the single player in call of duty never never not even one level i actually started playing the call of duty 4 modern warfare single player and i got as far as playing halfway through the training stage at the very start and then like that was literally as far as i played and and I started it because people talk about how good it is. But for whatever reason, I just literally never managed to really engage with it. So I have never played the single player for any Call of Duty game, surprisingly. And in fact, I only played it for the multiplayer because I had friends who were playing the multiplayer. And I played like a tiny, tiny fraction of what they were playing. So basically, these are friends who I knew from playing other games like battlefield or world of warcraft or something and when they got the new cod game and wanted to play the multiplayer well if we were playing the multiplayer that evening then i would play the multiplayer but i never played it on my own like i only played it when my other friends were playing it and thus never really made significant progress on the leveling or the unlocks or anything you've played cod only on pc well no, no i I played a couple of them on PS4 because just like I mentioned, when my friends are playing, you convinced me to get 
that COD on PS4, right? I think we played Advanced Warfare. Did we play World War Two or something? Is that a COD game? That is a COD game. And I remember we played it for like an hour or something. No, don't put that one on me. I'm hoping I didn't tell you to get that one. <laughs> okay. Because interestingly, I mean, you've mentioned that you, you're not comfortable with controlling these things with two sticks, which is fair enough. Well, I'm just not good at it compared to mouse and keyboard, right? It doesn't, it's not how I would naturally play an FPS given the choice. So interestingly, you're playing all these on PC and I'm playing all these on PS4. We shouldn't really be talking to each other. Yeah, you're, you are the enemy. You're dumbing it down. Yeah. <laughs> we have played a few games together. I think it was quite interesting. We can talk about that later. But yeah, so I've played Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, Advanced Warfare, World War 2, and Black Ops 4, I guess, prior to this. But I never really got into them or made any real progress in them at all until this one, where either something clicked with the game or something broke in my mind. And yeah, I've gone really deep down the rabbit hole this time. You've gone from no progress to all progress. It is crazy. I <laughs> I don't know why, but I had a thousand Call of Duty points when I logged into Warzone for the first time. And so did my friends. You know, the, the friends that I was playing BR games with. So basically I've been playing for the past few years various different BRs with the same kind of group of people. And we decided we were going to try out Warzone and we all had a thousand COD points. So... They both bought the Battle Pass, and I thought, well, if they're going to buy the Battle Pass, I may as well as well. What else am I going to use this COD points on? So I bought the Battle Pass too. And then I went mad and just, you know, the first season that Warzone was available was season two. And I finished the Battle Pass in season two, and I tried to grind to hit max rank as well. And I I just missed hitting max rank. I was actually quite annoyed about it. Why? I don't know. I, like I said, something just like snapped in my brain and I just really, really went for it. Like I, I was playing crazy mounts during, you know, there's like the final double XP weekend. And I think I was up until four in the morning playing for the grind. And then on the Monday, like I had a gap between meetings and I was like, you know what? I can finish the grind. And I tried to finish the grind. And literally the season ended when I was at like rank 154 and like 60% to 155 and i was like no i was so close so it wasn't the case that you wanted to do enough of the battle pass to get the free battle pass for next season no i just wanted to finish the battle pass okay but then i had enough to buy the next season's battle pass and i bought it and then i've just been getting more and more extreme ever since so i think season two was kind of whatever and then season three I finished the battle pass again. I hit max rank. So I was like 155. Actually, it's above 155, isn't it? There's one more level above 155. So I hit max level. And then there's also the officer missions. So I think in season three, I did all but two of them. And then in season four, max rank, finished battle pass, and I did all of the officer missions too. So I have the weird, cool animated like emblem. And then season five, I did the same thing as well. I finished the battle. I finished. I finished the battle pass like two hours before we did this recording. <laughs> How long does this take to do all three of those complete all three of those goals in a season? The battle pass is definitely the thing that takes the longest now. Like the first time, I had the trouble with the leveling, but that's because I started at rank one. So I think I start every season at rank sixty now because I I already was max rank last season. And the ribbons is very dependent on what the ribbon officer missions really are. So season four, season five, they're actually all really easy, in my opinion. Like the only ones that are hard are ones like, you know, get five quad feeds. Because maybe if you're amazing, it's easy. But for me, it's not easy to get a quad feed. And some of them, some of them are just a grind, like buy 30 armor boxes in Warzone. You know, that's just like 
play at least 30 games of Warzone and go and buy an armor box. Or if you're really extreme and going for it, like I played a whole bunch of really farcical games of Warzone where I just took bounty missions and kill people and got like 18k and then just bought three armor boxes and threw them on the ground. You know, I was just grinding for money to get armor boxes, which was ridiculous, but I did it to get that mission done. So I've kind of lost it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm doing it. You haven't my, lost my it, friends though. have actually stopped playing too. You haven't lost it. You've you've got it. You've got everything. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, it's weird. It's like it's like I've reverted to being a teenager. Maybe this is how maybe this is how I'm going to get my imagination back. This is me channeling, you know, like young Mike. Although I don't think Call of Duty was around when I was a teenager. But yeah, I'm becoming like weird aggressive chad player mike instead of you know that when we played PUBG, i think <laughs> we called ourselves the b team because we had like the three b's we had like blue strats bush strats and boat strats you know we would hide in the blue which is PUBG's version of you know like the storm or the zone or the gas or whatever so it wasn't actually very damaging so you could spend a lot of the time just in the blue where no one in their right mind would be and just avoid fighting people just by hiding out there. Or hide in a bush and you don't have to fight anyone. Or get a boat and drive out into the middle of the ocean because no one in their right mind would look for you there. You know, So we won by hiding, basically. Whereas in Call of Duty now, as you discovered when we played together, I'm all about getting the bounty missions and just running towards the sound of gunfire and trying to kill everyone. Yes. I was just like, I'm going to push. And then I... I take out one of them and the other one kills me. I'm like, Ting, where were you? Where's my support? And you were like, oh, oh sorry. I, I, was, I was behind cover or something. And I'm like, no, you've got to run in there and shoot them in the face. Yes. I do die a lot. <laughs> it is funny that I, I, I don't know if this happens on PlayStation, but on PC in Warzone, when you kill another player, it turns their mic on and you can hear their reaction. Yeah, you get it on PlayStation. So it's really funny, like when, when you know, you jump out and just like get someone, and they're just like, "What the? <laughs> like that's bullshit." I'm like, "No, it's not." Yeah. What do people hear when they kill you? Uh, probably a sigh of disappointment. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of sighing and disappointment actually, because I do occasionally still totally potato things <laughs> but that's normal right i mean you still break your legs do you i don't know it's a question i'm not it's not a statement <laughs> no <laughs> no it, it happens it happens didn't you see it happen <laughs> when we were playing together i just like jumped out of a window and then just like oh it's fine i don't need the parachute for this height and then i just died <laughs> And I was like, let's never speak of this again. <laughs> Cue for a new game. But you're not really playing Warzone then, right? You don't like Warzone. I don't like Warzone. I don't understand why people like BR games. What? I, what? I take that back. I can see why people like BR games. I don't understand why people like BR solos. There's just too much tension. I don't understand why you... How you can enjoy it. BR solos is tough. There is a lot of tension and I, by choice, would not be playing solos except that all of my friends have abandoned me because they're all bored of Warzone. It's only me. I just, it's only me who loves BR games this much, I think. You could play multiplayer. Yeah, I could play multiplayer, but it's not as much fun as BR. I, I would <laughs> rather play BR solos than the multiplayer. Okay. I mean, the, the, well, the multiplayer is a different game, I guess. Like, you could play multiplayer, I suppose, if you wanted something less stressful or if you wanted better XP per hour because you're trying to grind to finish your leveling. But BR is like the thinking man's FPS, right? I think so. So I'll, I'll play Warzone, but I won't play BR solos. I'll play Plunder. I'll play Kingslayer. I'll play, you know, the crazy 50-50 TDM. Yeah, but I feel like those are just multiplayer on big maps, 
right? They're just objectives-based multiplayer on bigger maps. Yes. Like, BR really is its own thing, you know? I don't know. I, I think BR games and BR as, like, a concept is really tapping into some thing, some character flaw, deep within my mind, which just wants to win. There's the part of me that just wants to win. I want to be number one, right? And... Being number one in multiplayer is like, oh, I'm number one on the table. Yay. Is like 10% of the high of I'm number one. There are 150 of us and I'm the last one standing. Well, what about the, dis- the disappointment, the failure? It's disappointment in myself for not being number one. It spurs me to try harder next time. Dare I ask how many times you've got number one? <laughs> I never. <laughs> Like, I, I've actually only won twice. So I won once early on in trios and then won once in duos with... I Basically, I've been playing, I've been playing, you know, BRs in duos mode with the same guy for years. So I think we're quite on the same wavelength. And then we won a duos game and then he was like, oh, great, I can finally stop. And I was like, no, don't stop. But yeah, he... I guess he wanted to end on a high or whatever. I'm sad. I want to keep playing. So, I mean, I was playing earlier today. I came third. I came second yesterday. So I've come very close to getting that solos win as well, but I haven't quite managed to convert it. I've only been playing solos for the past week or so. So, soon. So I wanted to articulate what's so good about COD Stroke Warzone. And I, I picked out the build. No comment from you. You don't care about it. you. Just, how how do you? How, do I when say? you say the build, you mean your loadout? Loadout, yeah. How do you think about it? Yeah, I think it's important actually. Like I didn't mention it earlier, but yeah, as a concept, there are crates that drop during the game, and you can use it to equip a loadout that you would pick for multiplayer. So you can have a weapon of your choice and perks of your choice. And yeah, it is really important, like what you choose. And there's a big, you know, fighting a player who's got their loadout versus fighting a player who's just had to use whatever they've managed to find on the battlefield. Like The loadout can make quite a decisive difference. So, you know, obviously I do care about the loadout, yes. But, you know, I also think you should pick Ghost. Like, if you don't pick Ghost, you're just asking for trouble. Uh, And, like, there's a big psychological difference between, like, knowing you have Ghost and not having your loadout. Because if you've got Ghost, then you won't show up on the UAV and you won't show up on the heartbeat sensor. So if you want to hide, it's viable once you've got your loadout. Though it does make for some very frustrating games and solos where, you know, you're you're checking the heartbeat sensor, you've got the UAV up, you walk around a corner and just someone shotguns you in the face. <laughs> yes. Sorry. I, f- I feel like you have more to say. Sorry. I've gone off on a tangent again. Oh, I just want to talk about how much... Do you, do you pour over your, your... You know, each weapon will have like 67, 60 odd attachments associated with it. Do you care about experimenting or do you just... I don't know. What, what's your process? Do you enjoy it? I, I don't really change my loadout. In, in fact, you get 10 loadout slots, right? Yeah. And for me, one of them is called Warzone, and it's number one at the top. And the other nine are just whatever I was leveling in multiplayer, just to, to get unlocks. Oh, okay. So very recently, I have changed that. So I've actually got my original Warzone loadout. I have one called Warzone Meta where I may have started to go deeper down the rabbit hole and look up what's the meta and start trying to use that build. And then I have a third one, which is like a a meta SMG. But I I have not really used that. I, I usually, I will usually get my loadout and in duos or trios or squads, I just keep my loadout. In solos, I tend to grab the loadout 
keep my primary, which is an assault rifle, and then like ditch the secondary and pick up another like primary gun. So I'll have I'll have, you know, AR sniper or AR SMG or AR shotgun even. But you know, my, my loadout's only got one primary because I want ghost. Yeah. So I think the loadout's really a really interesting mechanic. So for instance, you have your preferred loadout, but then like you said, you want to chase the meta. So you have to evolve what you have today to follow whatever's strong in the meta. So your loadout never stays static. So you're always experimenting or changing. I mean, maybe it's just a side effect of what my loadout happens to be, but I really have not significantly felt the need to change my loadout. Like, I think people who chase the meta, you know, like, oh, this gun's come out and it's overpowered. I need to use that gun. And then that gun gets nerfed into the ground and they've got to pick up the next meta gun or whatever. Like, the gun I was using has always been... I'm using an M4, right? And it's always been a solid gun. But I don't think it's been the meta. So it's never been hugely overused and then nerfed into the ground. Like, I know a lot of people for a while were using the Bruin and then a lot of people were using the Growl and then a lot of people were using the Foul, you know, and then... Yeah, they've all been nerfed into the ground. I think the only time I've really experienced the nerf is I really liked the dual Renettis. Like I, I had a particular build called Spaghetti, which is my, you know, for Renetti Spaghetti. And it was Akimbo Renettis with the Burst Fire mod. And you could just melt people with that. It was like hilarious. So for a while I was using those, but then they really got nerfed in the ground. They're completely useless now. So that that's the one time when when I tried to follow the meta and realized, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> and then it got nerfed to zero. It's like minus 100, in fact. It's unusable. Something you mentioned when you moved from Tarkov to Warzone was that in Warzone, you just feel like a superhero sometimes. Oh, yeah. Most of the time, in fact. I think that's... No, to its benefit. I think that's why people play it. That's why I play it. Sometimes you can really feel like a superhero. Sometimes. Yeah, like... Because I think at the time we started playing Warzone, the game we were transitioning from was Escape from Tarkov. And Escape from Tarkov, you feel like a tiny mouse all the time. You're like, oh no, I am so fragile. Please don't look at me or I will die. You know, and then... You know, you've got your gun, but you're like, this ammo is so expensive. I can't afford to shoot more than two bullets or I'll be bankrupt. You know, and then Call of Duty is like 60 round mag. You know, just like fire all the bullets. It doesn't matter. Then like throw it away and pick up SMG and just start mowing people down. Yeah, that's why I'm playing true. <laughs> but then equally, you know, you'll jump out of a building and someone will nail you with a sniper rifle from like... 200 meters away and you're like this is bullshit and then you realize they heard you say that and you gave them the satisfaction or you fall off a fall off a ladder and break your legs (laughs) that ladder in that fire station actually (laughs) is just infuriating it's i actually i actually climb up the ladder to get to that little tower and loot it and i just jump out the window because like trying to go down by the ladder is asking for death like, I would rather brave the snipers by jumping out the tower window than the certain death of failing to grab onto the ladder and breaking my legs. And one last thing from me. I'm also quite obnoxious when I play this game, and I quite enjoy it. So in Warzone, no, in COD, like you said, you, you hear the, you get the death comms, and it really encourages you to be obnoxious, and it really, you know, gives you that satisfaction. Unfortunately, in Warzone, you only come across these people once. It's not like in TDM where you come across them many times. There's something feral about it, right? It's it's terrible. You know, this is not grown-up erudite philosopher Mike or Ting. This is this is like weird feral child who's not been socialized properly and enjoys the suffering of others. And do you get can you get DMs on PC Warzone? Y- you can see people in the text chat yeah i mean most i mean i guess people might open mic and talk as well but it's pretty rare but so no one will directly message you and say you're a xyz <laughs> i think they probably could but people tend not to do it because it's such a faff like it's, it's over so fast 
right? Like, I think you'd have to bring up the thing and right-click and blah, blah, blah. There was a time when that was quite normal, I feel. Yeah, maybe. Things well, have moved on. You, you definitely see a lot in the text chat. When people when people are cheating, people will be raging about it in the text chat. I, I'm raging about it too. I'm like, what the... You know, because every now and then... It, I mean, it, it comes in waves, I guess. Like, a new hack comes out. And then for a while, you encounter loads of hackers. And then they all get banned, thankfully. But on occasion, the game becomes unplayable. Because, you know... You'll be parachuting in and someone will just like nail you with a car 98 with iron sights from like 600 meters away. Or, you know, they've got an HDR sniper and you see them just like ADS and look at a wall that you happen to be standing behind and just shoot you. And you're inside a building. There's like zero way they could have known you were there. So every now and then it happens. But it's been good recently, actually. I don't think I've encountered any cheaters for like a month. So, you know, in the early days of Warzone, it was terrible, but now it's actually pretty, pretty good. Warm up is over. Stand by for deployment to the Warzone. your position move to the safe zone let's talk about how good you are <laughs> you must be really good by now well we we played a few games together right oh let's not talk about it because <laughs> i felt like if we're gonna do warzone as the book club game we've got to play a couple of games together so we played a few days ago you were on ps4 i was on pc so i was disadvantaged we had terrible trouble with the comms because we literally just put... Well, I just had WhatsApp on speaker. Were you using the PS4 headset? Yeah. Like the 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 official one? Yes. It's terrible. No, no. <laughs> For WhatsApp, though, I would have been using my phone headset. Oh, yeah. That picked up everything. Yes. Like the TV and your air conditioner. <laughs> Everyone says I'm on a plane. Yeah. So that's why we did badly, because Mike couldn't, all the, the air conditioning was blocking out the footsteps. No, I mean, I, I definitely have a problem. Like, I was playing, I was playing really excessively aggressively. Like, a lot of the time I just died, right? <laughs> Although, you know, when I died, I had taken out one of the opposing duo and, like, broke the armor of the second one and i was always like like ting where were you <laughs> and you're like i just wasn't expecting you to run in there like a psychopath i didn't say that <laughs> yeah but you're probably thinking it. i just wasn't ready but it takes time to sort of build that you need to have that sort of be on the same wavelength as you said yeah i mean that that's why i'm really sad that you know my regular duo's partner no longer wants to play BRs or specifically no longer wants to play Warzone because you know after all that time I think kind of was on the same wavelength were you just too hardcore too demanding I don't know doesn't you matter that I can, I've got my solo career to look forward to now <laughs> I definitely have got better actually thinking back to how it was when I first started playing Warzone. I don't know whether Warzone is also just easier than, say, PUBG. Because, you know, the recoil is so minuscule. But I definitely seem to be doing, in general, I think, better than than I was. Although, it, it might literally just be the amount of hours I've now played FPS games. Because, honestly, prior to PUBG, I didn't really play that many multiplayer FPS games, competitive FPS games. So I think when we first started talking about PUBG on this podcast, I think I said, you know, oh, 
I'll play a thousand hours of PUBG. I'll be an enthusiastic amateur, right? If it takes 10,000 hours to be an expert, then maybe I'll aim for a thousand hours. And I think I have actually now crossed a thousand hours of BR games, which is kind of disturbing, actually. But, you know, counting up the hours that I've played on PUBG and Apex and Fortnite and now this, I think I have actually crossed a thousand hours. And yeah, you know, my instincts are definitely better. Like, when to ADS, when to hip fire, what the other person's going to do, like psychologically, you know, when they're going to flank, how they might flank you, what angles you need to be wary of, like where snipers might be, you know, like, I'm definitely better at all of that. I've watched you play. You're good. I've seen you sort of, seen quite a few times where you can take on people inside buildings and you come out on top. Yeah. It's surprising. And I, I, I think some of that also is, you know, playing solos, which I've only really just started doing, has actually really forced me to get better and also just accept losing, right? Like, I think in the end, it's just like, the only way I'm going to get, how can I actually get better, right? And in solos, you can't get carried. You've got to do it yourself. And so there are a lot of embarrassing games where I just totally fail or potato or just get it totally wrong and like walk out and get shot by someone and all of those failures are learning experiences and you know for the next time okay don't do that plus yeah you know i think watching people who are actually good at the game play and noticing what they do and also i guess engaging with the meta i think that's what it's going to take to get to the next level I'm slightly scared, actually. I'm not sure I really want to get deeper into this. But then that other part of me does want to win. It's sad, though. I mean, you said before, right? Solos, really stressful. And in a BR game, solos is very different to duos, is very different to, you know, squads. So, like, the whole flow of the game is really different and the whole psychology of the other players is really different. As a connoisseur of BRs, I can now say this. You know, in solos, people tend to fall into either, well, like chads or like, I don't know, what's the opposite of a chad? You know, there are people who run towards gunfire and there are people who hide and wait for someone to walk in front of them to shoot them with a shotgun. Whereas like duos, I really like duos because duos is much more balanced. You know, it's much less viable to hide because there are two people. And so, like, hiding two people is twice as hard as just hiding as a singleton. Duos is, like, a really nice balance between, like, the chaos of squads and the weird, solitary hiding-slash-assassin mode of solos. Squads can just be chaos. Like, fights can just go on forever, right? Because you down someone, but then their teammates will just give covering fire and then someone else will res them. And it just, like, goes on and on and on. Okay, so... I mean, you've said you don't really like playing this. You don't play this solos, right? No. But you do play this with... You've, you've got a regular group you play with as well. Yeah, I do. do. Do you normally play multiplayer, though, rather than BR? No, we usually play BR. Hmm, okay. And what is your strategy and what is your loadout? Strategy is to hang out in the hills, in the mountains. What, really? So let's go back a step. The strategy, because you go for bounty contracts, right? Yeah. So the strategy usually is to go for recon contracts, get the circle peak to the, is it fifth or sixth circle? And then if it's good, like if the the final circle is near the hills, we'll go to the hill and hang out in the hills post loadout. We'll hang out in a bush or a building. Because once you have circle peak and you know where the the later circles are, you can just set up shop with your all your kit. This is, this is fascinating. But this is why I think it's such a good game, right? Because there are very many different and totally viable ways to play. Like, I don't do the recon contracts at all. So that's interesting that your group really prioritizes them. It just makes sense. You know where the, the final circle is. Well, yeah, the later circles are. But isn't it just boring? 
because again it's just the way the game flows right and sometimes sometimes like i actually don't like it sometimes when the circle just ends up on you because like there have been times when we land and we go into a building or something and we loot, we're looting the building and then there's the next circle and we're in the next circle and then there's the next circle and we're in the next circle and, you know like we just don't move and the whole game it ends up just being spent sat inside this building not moving because it's like well we're in a good position and it feels like stepping outside now is just asking to be shot so let's just cover the entrances of this building and literally the circle just ends up on us so we just don't move for like half an hour and it's so boring but there's the no, there is a lot to be done still you have to do the recon contracts then you have to go and get your loadout and then go and get enough cash to make sure you can get the gas masks and self revives and they're in you know that all that is enough you know as a primary goal that'll keep you busy and then you will come across people yeah i guess so so it's not a case of we've just landed and you've hung out and the circles ended up on you you're you're proactively getting there yeah i guess if you're proactively chasing recon contracts that's going to give you a lot of stuff to do anyway enough to do and uh, it's interesting and what's your loadout then talk me through it interesting thing is i've seen your loadout and we're quite similar it's because it just makes sense i think right so i've gone with a silenced m4 m4a1 uh, integral hybrid scope the stock m16 grenadier which is the barrel and then just a couple of grips the commander full grip and stippled grip tape your secondary is an rpg why the RPG out of interest? Because I can use it on people. Okay. Fair play. Because the annoying thing is you don't get ammo with a loadout. So sometimes you actually, it makes more sense to have a pistol. But I like the RPG. It's more disruptive. No, I think it makes sense to have a launcher over a pistol. Especially now Renetti Spaghetti is no longer viable. Watching you play I, I really appreciated the usefulness of a heartbeat sensor. I watched you guys play once and I feel like more than half the time the heartbeat sensor was out and you were checking it. Oh, yeah. the, the heartbeat sensor is just such a sweaty Chad thing to do though. <laughs> it's just like try hard, right? It, it, I, I feel kind of disgusting every time I use it because it, it, it's just like, oh, I'm trying so hard. I'm going to take every advantage I've got. Like the heartbeat sensor... I wish I didn't use it. And at the same time, it's just too useful not to use. But it will get you killed sometimes because, you know, you'll check the heartbeat sensor. It's clear. You'll walk into the building and there'll be someone with ghost with a shotgun and they'll just nail you. So you've got to remember the heartbeat sensor is just like a positive means there's someone there. A negative means there could be someone there. Like you can't trust it too much. Another time I was, I was watching you play... You had the heartbeat sensor out and you were so focused on the heartbeat sensor, you didn't see someone in the <laughs> yeah, periphery. That too, that's a problem too. I mean, I didn't use to take the heartbeat sensor. I used to take like a flash or a stun, but it, in the end, it's in my loadout because it is just too useful. Yeah. Okay, so to finish off C4 as a lethal and the perks are cold-blooded ghost and tracker. C4 is a good pick. C4 seems to be the meta right now as well, right? Yeah. Like... For anti-vehicle, C4 seems to be the play, rather than a launcher. Why cold-blooded? Interesting. I used to take cold-blooded, so I'm just curious. I just like to be stealthy. Yeah, I mean, that's why I had cold-blooded too, so. Yours? I mean, mine's very similar to yours. I'm, I'm also using an M4. Well, my original build... Monolithic suppressor, 6 dram mag. I think I was also taking stippled grip tape. Integral hybrid scope as well. I mean, recently, I'm trying this new meta build, so... See? Trying a new meta build. You see? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's still an M4. It's still an M4. I think it's the Corvus Marksman barrel and a tactical laser. So it's better at range, basically, but it's slower to ADS. Like, I really prioritized ADS speed for a while, but... I don't know. It seems to be working out okay, especially now I'm more willing just to ditch my secondary and just take another gun. Because, you know, I used to really 
want a very flexible primary because that was my only gun because I was taking the launcher as a secondary. But now I'm more willing just to ditch the launcher and take something else. So it doesn't, you know, if, if I'm worried about a close quarters fight, I'll just take an SMG that I found on the ground or that I picked up from another player. Yep, that's my strategy too. SMG for the launcher. But my loadout secondary is the Pilar homing rocket launcher, which in solos is actually kind of pointless, I've discovered. But because I generally played duos or squads previously, it made sense. So it's really good for helicopters, but it's kind of useless at everything else, honestly. So I'm taking it just because it's potentially useful. I think it's more useful than a pistol, but in solos, it really doesn't make much sense because there are no helicopters in solos, unfortunately. And that's where the peeler really makes, you know, it really shines because it homes. And most people, most people just panic, launch the flares and your rocket is nowhere near them, so the flares do nothing, and then they just get shot down. And to finish off, yeah, as we mentioned, heartbeat sensor, bouncing Betty, so the proximity mine. I don't think I make the best use of it, honestly, but again, it's kind of like a sweaty try-hard play. You know, once you've got your loadout, once you're down to the last 20, in solos particularly, it really makes sense to find a small room put the Bouncing Betty to cover one of the entrances and then look at the other entrance and just wait for the circle. And then when the circle comes in, pick it up and move on to your next hiding spot. So that's how the top 20 often goes, sadly. And then on the perks, I used to take Cold-Blooded, but now I actually take EOD just because I don't want to get one shot by someone's grenade or Semtex or Bouncing Betty even. So I think it's really useful to have that explosion resistance. Ghost, for obvious reasons, I really think Ghost is the best thing to pick. And then Amped. Again, maybe I should switch Amped now I'm playing solos. Because Amped was, Amped was really important before when you see a helicopter and you need to switch and shoot really fast if you're going to get it. But I basically never use the launcher now, so maybe I should adapt. A few more things before we close. I have a habit of buying the wrong thing from the buy station. In the, on the PC, are they shortcut linked? On the PC, no. Oh, well, maybe they are, but I don't do that. On the PC, I click on it with the mouse. I'm, I'm definitely too slow at it, actually. Like, I definitely click on it and then spend several seconds staring at it before I figure out what I need to click. I feel like you've justified my mistake here. I've tried to be too quick on it because I know what I need and I, I memorize it, but for some reason, my hand-eye coordination isn't there. So I'll buy a munitions box instead of my loadout. Basically, that's always a problem. Ooh, that's going to sting. Yeah, especially when, when you're not playing solos. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine the abuse you're going to get. <laughs> like, ting. <laughs> that's the last time you hold the money ting and then have you had any problems piloting the chopper like there's been an instance where we've been flown out of the combat zone and we died <laughs> who, who does that <laughs> I know I know who does that because I've read the notes but like no no I have not done that because I remember in PUBG you had so many problems with vehicles <laughs> I thought oh, that was hilarious <laughs> Pub, PUBG ran a lot from the vehicles, but that's PUBG's fault, not our <laughs> fault. Like PUBG physics. Urgh. In this, if you screw up, I think it's your fault, not the vehicle's fault. And the last thing I wanted to mention, which I couldn't put anywhere else, was I've tried to, you know, wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning on a Sunday, stroke Monday, to play with guys in the UK. That doesn't work out. That's another morning ting, evening ting discrepancy there where I've thought in the daytime that I can make this work you know I can if I'm sensible about it I just need to time everything it's gonna be beautiful I I think this is definitely a problem of getting older and who are your friends and moving halfway across the world right because for both of us 
the people we play multiplayer with, some of them are in a different time zone. And then, yeah, it always ends up with someone playing at three in the morning, unfortunately. So, yeah, it is a problem. I don't think there's anything you can do about it, sadly. Make local friends. I don't know. We have each other in theory. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> you won't play on PC. No, I'm kidding. But it, it it's still hard, right? Because you have very limited time to play. Yeah. I have thought, I, I have installed Warzone on my PC. Just it's too scary. The skill ceiling seems just too high. I really was aware of it, actually, when there were, there were a few of the games we played together you know last week where we're like tag teaming in and out like one of us would get killed and the other one would res and then so on and so forth so we did actually have some time just looking at the other person's viewpoint and i could really feel that you were controlling it with thumbsticks like the turning and the looking around and like it really felt like really like you know like a little robot with servos wearing or something right it wasn't like the fluid like you know moving and looking with the mouse in a way it's kind of shocking that they let pc and console players play together because i really feel consoles are a massive disadvantage it has been three years since we talked about how hopeless you were with the pubg aiming it's been that long it's been over three years has it really yeah because my daughter is over three years now she's older than three years it's been that long so I don't want to go on that journey. I don't want to embark on that thing. I don't want to take three years to be as good as you are now. To use an alleged Chinese proverb that's probably made up by a Westerner, the best time to plant the tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. This is a problem, not just for my aim in Battle Royale games, but for everything. Right? There are no shortcuts, unfortunately. If you want that thing that takes a lot of skill or time or whatever to produce, you've got to pay the price. And the price is (laughs) a shocking amount of time. Should we close? Summarise. Mike, you're the one with all the the thoughts. So this was a weird choice for the book club game. I think we picked it just because I was playing it anyway. (laughs) And it gave us secretly some time to play the next game to get a head start on it. I really like this game. I think this game is the best battle royale out there at the moment. It's got some stiff competition. It's quite amazing what, like, say, Fortnite is doing at the moment. Like, Fortnite, Fortnite radically changes every season and really introduces a lot of new mechanics and really changes up the map. Like, Fortnite is probably number one by revenue or by player base, I guess. Maybe it's more accessible. But I think COD is more fun. I think, I think if you are a traditional gamer particularly on pc this game is the best br out there at the moment and i'm curious whether it will continue to be this good because you know we're about to change into a new year's edition of call of duty right so at the moment i guess this game is connected to the current iteration of call of duty but we're about to get a new black ops game and how that meshes with this i i can't predict and 
they probably do also need to change up the map to keep people interested. I think I think there are people who have gotten bored with the game and they want a map change, you know, they want something new. So we'll have to see if they can deliver that. I don't know, I had a, I had a couple of questions. Will you continue for season six? I'm really not sure. It's very dangerous, right? Because once I start, I think I'll feel compelled to finish. Maybe I should just play, but not buy the battle pass and then just like draw a line under it and I can become more casual rather than feeling like I need to complete the grind. And some, you know, somewhat tied to Cold War. Did you buy Modern Warfare multiplayer to assist the grind? I I did. I did. They had they had a free weekend for the multiplayer for Warzone players. You know, it's like a drug pusher. It's like, oh, the first hit is free. And yeah, after that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy the multiplayer because then I can hit max rank and finish the battle pass before the season ends. 24 hours of shipment. I'm asking these questions because I'm interested about what's next. What's next for COD, for Warzone, for us? I guess the sentiment is that right now we don't know. Yeah, it's hard to predict. I, I feel like it's a turning point for COD and it's a turning point for me as well. I don't know about you. I was never committed. I, I was never invested. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm really invested in this game now. <laughs> but I do feel like to get better, I would need to, you know, have a phase change again, right? I, I think I've got as good as I'm going to get just by my natural ability. And to actually get better, I would have to study, as it were. I know, I know, I know what you need. 120 hertz monitors. Yes, exactly, right? I need, I need to up my kit. <laughs> So 3080, high refresh rate monitor, and also, you know, watch streamers, watch people who are really good and observe how they play. Because the amount of time it will take me to internalize the psychology of other players, you know, I would probably get there eventually, but why spend a thousand hours figuring that out when I could just watch someone who already knows it and learn from them? But do I really want to do that? I don't know. Since I don't think I really want to be a professional streamer, you know. And so if that's not what I want, why should I get this good at Warzone? It's a trap. It's like a local minima, right? This isn't what I should do with my life, but it's so fun. How would you like to close? Closing statements on COD. Kind of out of left field because I didn't play that much COD before this. It's bizarre, right? It's really glorifying violence, military conflict. I don't know. You know what? Something that really surprised me is in ground war mode, when you capture all of the flags, it just sets off a nuke. Like, that makes no sense. You're just killing your own side too. Like, how does this make any sense? You know, but that's COD for you. But I really like it. It might be dangerous to play more. We'll have to see what happens. Any summary from you? Are you going to play any more of this? Are you going to get Black Ops Cold War? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll keep playing. I, given my history, there is a high chance that I'll get Black Ops Cold War, regardless of regardless of whether it's any good or not. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe this is my new PUBG. We'll see where things are in a few months. But for next month... Whose turn is it? (laughs) If we're doing that. I feel like we have transcended beyond (laughs) whose turn it is because (laughs) we've we've come to a mutual agreement actually about what the next few games are, right? Yeah. We've actually kind of already decided the next two. So... This month's book club game is? Disco Elysium. A isometric rpg with no combat is that too reductionist is that not reductionist enough it's fact it's a game where you play 
a blackout drunk detective. It came out last year. We talked about it a little bit. And by choosing it as the book club game, it means we're going to actually do it justice, right? Well, I intend to finish it. Hopefully you will be able to as well. Hopefully. We can't seem to decide how long this game is. I, I think we'll finish it. I think we'll both finish it. Okay. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club On Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. Anywhere else? Reddit slash r slash Lost Levels Club. Mike, what are you grateful for today? I ate a really delicious cheesecake today. <laughs> like, I went to this cafe and bought a sandwich and I saw they had these little cheesecakes, this burnt Basque cheesecake. Little cheesecakes? Yeah, yeah. So they had big ones for sharing and they had little individual portion sized cheesecakes as well. So I had a sandwich and a coffee and then I was weak and I just ordered a little cheesecake to take away. And I only intended to eat like a little bit of it today, just as like a little afternoon tea snack and then have, you know, half of it tomorrow or something. But I couldn't stop. It was so delicious. So yeah, Basque burnt cheesecake. It's really good. You should try it. Really good. So Michael says bye. Bye bye.